Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing, Hey, Randall Steve here. And Larson. Hey, welcome back to Going In Raw. We got a special guest. James is here. James is here. I want to be a little bit more professional this time, and I want to show off my, like, Elias, custom Elias shirt. That's a great shirt. It's like a, it's like a minimalistic version of yours. Like, you have the, you have the Neville one, but yours is, like, way cooler. Wait a second. You say custom. What's the deal with that? This shirt is, I bought this one Redbubble. It's not even official. <laughs> The Elias is only shirt in the WWE shop. I bought it, and it's crap. It's like really it's because the material. Yeah, material the material is, is terrible. For it's, our it's crap quality. So I just went on Redbubble and I searched Elias, and it's even dated. I mean, it's got stamps and still on it. And the drifter, they haven't found the drifter. That's OG either. though. That's yeah. like that's like original. That shows your drifter bona fides right I'm there. Like that's rad. I love it. Anyways, welcome to Going In Raw. James, of course, from Couch Shop, here once again. I think you're the, like, okay, so we've had, like, a few guests. Okay, so Dan, I don't really consider a guest, but, but like, because he started the podcast with us. But whenever he comes on now, like, half the people love him, half the people, like, are like, no, good. What was my reception? It was all, it was all oh, good. It was, yeah, unanimous, cross the board, positive. You say that now, but then, like, they'll be commenting. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll be this, this fucking guy again, right? With this fucking red bubble shit. He should be official. Um, anyways, we all just got back from No Mercy. No Mercy. And uh, uh, so I, we didn't see the pre-show or the, the first match. So, James, that's why we brought him on. Because he sat through the entire thing. You're using me for my pre-show knowledge. Yeah, once we're done talking about The Miz, you can pretty much go. You're good to go. Or you can stick around. It's up to you. That know. was the first match on the card, though. That wasn't even on the pre-show. 
Um, yeah, I know. No. We were waiting in line for hot dogs. Holy crap! That's so you missed that too. Yeah, like it's funny we do this for a living, but like we were, we'd rather get hot dogs, <laughs> nachos, than actually watch the match. I had, I almost missed that too because I had to go back outside to get the the rest of the couch up guys inside. So like oh. I had to get up during. Elias is singing. The sole reason that I fucking came out yeah, I was really to see that. Elias, yeah. and they texted me while he was singing, and Ooh. I had to get up, and I had to go out. Oh. Yeah. Just telling the way. I would have known that that was, I was really, I wasn't really bummed too much about the Miz, Jason Jordan missing that. I was bummed out about missing Elias, though. Because I, I want to walk with Elias. I do, too. Yeah. And he's really... Really shit live, uh, singing wise. No, okay. And I know, I think that's his stick. I get it. But like, I don't know why it came across so well on TV. Like, I actually thought, like, man, maybe he could sing, you know? But like, <laughs> so I have a theory. I have a theory about Elias. I brought up to Larson before. I think he can. He just fakes it so that he can't. Phones it in so that way it's like the yeah. So he gets the booze. So like, because I think like. I don't know. Larson knows way more about it. Do you play any instruments? Do you play guitar, James? No. I no, Larson does. I don't. I, I love music, but I can't play I'm like gifted in that. But he, he's not entirely sure. He thinks it's possible that Elias is really good, but fakes it. No, I don't think he's really good. I think he's, <coughs> he might be good. Your actual opinion is that he might be good. But he's not going to be shredding any solos. Yeah. Like, he can handle rhythm work, but he's not going to be, you know, like, Jimmy Page or anything like that. I don't know, man. I think, he's, solo. <laughs> I, think he's a, I think he's a virtuoso. No, I don't think so. Is I it? like it. I, I still think, like, I was saying uh, on the way over here, it reminds me of, it reminds me of the rock concerts, and, mm-hmm. like, that was my favorite, oh, yeah. like, iteration of the rock was Hollywood Heel. So when mm-hmm. he did, like, the like, three or four rock concerts or whatever it was, like, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And so to get that every time with Elias, even yeah. if he is phoning it in and it's shit just for the sake yeah. of it, like, I just, I eat it all up. And oh, it's great. Oh, everybody it's else does in, like, a more of a negative way. Like, everybody just wants him to go the hell away. I, 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 I like LA was it. not having it. I like that the three of us are early on this thing because I honestly think that people are... Like, some towns are really starting to come around to it. They're yeah. starting to get it, and others aren't. <clears throat> but you can see his face every time he does it. I'm going to go back. We're, we're going to go back and watch the pre-show and the first match, so that we'll be informed come our Raw recap. I think this week we're doing, like, a Raw and SmackDown recap. We are, time. because we we're got traveling on a bunch of stuff going on. But I'm going to go back and rewatch it, because I would like that Elias, you can tell he's so close to laughing oh, sometimes. Yes. Because he knows that what he's doing is so bad and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's my theory about him. So I love Elias. Anyways, he had a match after he ran. I assume he ran. Well, you, how much did you see any of his thinking? Yeah, he uh, typical like L.A. LA, yeah. LA City of Angels, um, yada yada yada. I'm here. Like he said something like, "It's funny because while I'm here, I'm asking for help or something like that." <laughs> something like to that degree. <laughs> Again, I, I was texting and stuff like that, so I didn't get all of it. And then right. I had to get up after Apollo came out, so Apollo Crews was the person he faced. All right, all right. This is an eight-minute match. That's a pretty good... Uh, That's a chunk of time right there. It, it's only slightly shorter than the main event. Than the main event and and the, and the women's, women's match. match. Otherwise, yeah, they gave that eight minutes and 35 seconds. I only got back in time to see him hit the finish and... and, and I like that neckbreaker fist. Yeah, I really like the drift sharp, away. Sharp neck breaker. I'm a big fan of neck breakers in general. 
Then he had a bit. He did have a bit um, after the match where he continued to beat down Apollo. Oh, nice. Uh, and then Titus got like kind of involved a little bit and was kind of like a <coughs> "What are you doing?" kind of deal. And mm-hmm. then he slid out the side and left. But it was just like a little tiny morsel, I guess, that they gave at the end there. I want to see a feud. I want to see a feud there. I like because I like Titus. I like Titus. I like Titus worldwide. Yeah. I love Elias. I want to see that feud. Yeah, it'd be good. It'd be solid. Good. Uh, is that like a bit of a? Is it is it weird though that Elias would go from Finn to Apollo? Because you think like the intro in where he's you know up here and then it's like he's he's battling Finn you know, and he's got some good he had some good traction with that. My expectations for Elias were so in the dirt, were so low, given his time in NXT. Yeah. The fact that they even with El Vagabundo, <laughs> especially with. When Chris Hero destroyed his guitar, I was like, is he even going up to main roster, or is there, like, another developmental that he can go even further down? <laughs> is he going back to I just didn't know with him. To be frank, I'm actually surprised that they let him break a guitar over somebody, yeah, I because know. I didn't think they would ever let him even do that spot yeah. in the first place. I didn't think that they would let him do that. So, no, I think this is good. I, I like this because... Here's the thing, him and Finn, I don't think they ever had a pay-per-view match. No, they didn't. So they it wasn't, like, a real feud. Um, I mean, they had him doing that stuff, but it was always kind of obvious that he was kind of, like, just weak compared to Finn. So they need to build him up somehow. I just don't know. I don't know what his ceiling is. Like, I don't know if they'll ever take him serious enough to challenge, like... It's a bit crowded at the moment. Oh, they're yeah. Elias to push through. Even if they wanted Elias to push through. Yeah. I think he's the guy that they can probably know they can rely on to fulfill a certain role. I've just sort of been resigned to the fact that nobody's ever going to move up. Nobody's going to move down. They just like where people are. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a thing, though, that I don't know if that's a fundamental issue, but that's something that I've noticed for the past couple weeks on Raw. Not even, like, you know, keeping in mind the No Mercy stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, the past couple weeks of Raw have been very uh, predictable, but in a way where it's like, you already know going in. It's like you know Finn is going to go over on this person because yeah. he needs to get <coughs> built up for oh, this. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah. it's very, there is no upsets. There has, there's no, there's nothing that happens. And it's usually you can predict, and it's usually yeah. um, it's not predictable or anything like that. Or it is predictable, I should say. But, like, the past couple of Raws have been very... Let's put this team against this team, but it's it's Dean and Seth. They gotta go into the pay per view looking strong, so they're just gonna roll steamroll right through whoever it is. It's it's very very cookie no, cutter. It, it is pretty cool. It's I mean because the the exciting stuff with Raw lately has been in the Universal Championship yeah. scene simply because it's big bastards fighting each other, mm-hmm. and at that point it's like okay, we kind of realize that they're sending. Brock on one path to meet up with Roman at WrestleMania, but at least in the meantime we can get things like the Cena Reigns promo stuff, which has been really good. Yeah, we can get things like Braun no selling a German suplex, which mm-hmm. is really good. But you're absolutely right, and that's one of the things that's been difficult to enjoy about the tag team division is that it is so predictable. We yeah. know every week, Larson, who's going to eat the pin every week? Carl Anderson. <coughs> it's going to be Carl Anderson. He's, he's employed to eat pins, it seems like. Machine Gun is eating the friggin' pin every week. Every week. So, you know, it, it, it absolutely, it totally is. And that's the, that is the bummer because we've heard not just through, like, I think Cody uh, Rhodes mentioned this in one podcast and Damian Sandow mentioned another one that everybody has their roles. It's like Sami Zayn. 
Um, I think uh, Justin Labar from what was it WrestleZone? Yeah. Okay. Mentioned this, and I just I, I credit because I saw it. And I was like, yeah, it makes total sense. He talks about Sami Zayn, and he's like, you know, Sami's probably never really going to get to the main event scene because they know that he's going to be over regardless of whether or not he loses. Yeah. Or wins, and so they can just have him lose, and people are always going to be behind Sami Zayn. But that's it's crap. It is. It's it crap. is because you know. The stick with Sammy specifically is that everybody sees him as a potential another mm, right. Daniel Bryan exactly, case, yeah, and exactly. they know he has the potential. And to get if, you, if you watched his run in NXT, you saw that storyline, a similar storyline, yeah. play out. And when he finally won the title, it was cathartic. Yeah, the same thing can be said about in like an inverse way, like Bray Wyatt. It's like they know, and that's why, honestly, let me. Ask you, I think that people boo Bray at this point because they're booing. His wasted potential. I absolutely that's got to be the case. Boo Bray because I don't care, but it's not because I don't care about Bray. It's because I don't care with how they've been booking it. It's, it's just because you I know. Don't, what's I happen. I cannot invest, and obviously we'll get into it. I guess with the like, oh, yeah, match, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I just I can't get into Bray anymore. Yeah, I yeah, can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't find myself being invested in Bray Wyatt as a character <coughs> at all anymore. He's just false hope. False yeah, word, yeah. promos leading nowhere, demolished eating the pins. Just there's there's nothing. There's yeah. nothing when there. He, when he uh, became world champion over on SmackDown in that program with uh, Randy Orton, we both said this is this is probably going to end in the most boring way fashion with Orton going over as a face as WWE champion yeah, at WrestleMania. Yeah, boring exactly Orton as face, even though. <clears throat> Along the road, there were some kind of interesting interesting things happening with Orton and Bray, like Orton having eye laser beams and shit like that and being able to teleport or whatever he did. And then he burned down Bray's house. It was like, okay, we know Orton's going to burn down his house. Vince McMahon views that as a face activity. That's something that a face would do, apparently, according to Vince McMahon. And, like, his swerve came out of nowhere, and we knew where it was leading. It was going to lead to... Did he win the title at Mania? Yep. Yeah, in that horrible projection match. Yeah. But they gave you, like, a little bit of, like... A little bit of hope going like through that. Where little even little. adding in Luke Harper into the Yeah, match, right. You know? Oh, it's like, yeah, know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but in the end, what we feared... Was exactly what happened. Exactly. You yeah. know? And so you're absolutely right. That is one of the frustrating things. Is that, you know, Elias, even if the crowd gets so behind him... Are they really ever going to push him? You know, no, I probably, just, not. probably not. So we just sort of enjoy, but you know, he's he's still employed, so we can just enjoy him for he is. That's where I'm at at this point. It's just <clears throat> I want people to get their rewards, but at the same time, it's like I just kind of understand that I'm pretty sure, like until things change with like the people running the show, like if Vince retires, then we might see some change there. Maybe. Because you look at NXT and how Triple H books things. Although we did hear that, I mean, we have heard that Triple H is kind of the guy who also thinks that roles are roles. Yeah. So, who knows? Anyway. Uh, then the main, the actual show started. Yes. Um, we were still in line for um, for food. <laughs> it was a really slow line for hot dogs. It was a, whole, yeah, really slow line. Really slow line, yeah. So we had the Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, taking on Jason Jordan. Yes. So, James. Miz is... Super over in LA. <laughs> he is. There is. There yeah. was no doubt about it. Very pro Miz. There was nothing on poor Jason Jordan to the point where I feel like he was getting so many anti Jason Jordan chants that it might have 
it seemed like it was like a little bit much, or maybe it was just kind of like out of nowhere to him. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. people were just saying like, you know, like, who's your daddy? Chance and shit like that. Where it's just like stuff like that was coming out for yeah. for him. Anti Jason Jordan Chance. Um, but I mean, it was it was a solid match. I feel like it yeah. wasn't like anything too crazy. It was a typical like Jason Jordan fighting off the odds. He had like a spot where he did a, a belly to belly from. He did it on the outside. I think it was on Bo uh, into the other two into uh, Miz mm-hmm. and uh, Curtis Angle. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was probably the big spot of the the match. Okay. And everything else was just kind of like run of the mill. Did a uh, Miz win because the Miz Taraj were helping him out, or was it a clean finish? Shit, I don't even. Think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I I think they're. They, de- they definitely interfered throughout there the whole There was some sort of distraction. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, what did he do? Jesus, I don't know. It was bad. Yeah, now they're lighting up in the car, right? You guys were there. You didn't even see Yeah, now, now I'm, yeah. I should have recollected this but way better. Keep in mind, I had a couple beers. You know, so <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, crushing finale, yeah. though. Okay, all right. Oh, he got the actual pin, though. Yes. Okay, did. okay. Oh, okay, all right. Then afterwards, Jason Jordan uh, cut a promo, um, which was... Pretty much, it kind of went, I know you guys here in L.A., uh, you guys chant ironically when Kurt comes out and you guys say you suck, but I'm saying this in more of a legitimate sense. Uh, When it comes to The Miz, he sucks. Mm. That was it. Oh, man. That was it. Yeah. Well, that's not not terribly good. That was it. We were waiting in the line. I heard part of it. I was like, did he just tell the crowd that they suck? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's what oh, I thought too. I'm like, like that's, that's, deal. that's cool. I think the crowd was saying he sucks. Yeah, but he kind of spun it into like Kurt's you suck thing, which is I guess more of a positive now. And then he took that. <laughs> oh, Jason, no, it's not that man. They're not giving you the same thing that they give you. No, dad. no, nobody's doing that. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was, <coughs> it was kind of awkward. Then he just got out and left. That doesn't sound like a good litmus test. Because like we, we both kind of figured that match would be kind of a litmus test for Jason Jordan. The WWE could sort of see how the crowd would react to him, how he would react to the crowd. From what you're telling us, it sounds like none of that went his way. LA is really weird because this, this was my first time being at the Staples Center. I'm mm-hmm. usually, I usually go to the Pepsi Center in Denver when we lived in Denver. Right. Um, and Denver is very uh, pro-face, yeah, peer-face, yeah. Uh, boo-heel. And yeah. there is no in-between. But LA was like... Kind of in between, but it, it was almost as if L.A. just didn't know what it wanted. So it would be like, in some cases it was flip, but then maybe through midway through a match, like it might change. They'll have a couple you know, zany chants throughout. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was kind of a weird atmosphere, but it definitely didn't help Jason Jordan. Um I mean, he was always like, – he's, he's great, like obviously like in the ring and everything. Yeah. Um, character-wise – Lacking without Chad Gable, mm-hmm. uh, but just doesn't like nobody's nobody's buying into this fucking Kurt Angle thing. I know nobody's buying into it. Especially here's the thing, like that that I think with this, where you can't have a program going on with Cena and Reigns where you're acknowledging internet dirt sheets mm-hmm. and you're acknowledging the insides of the company <coughs> yeah. and the ins and outs and all this crap. And then on the flip side, you have a illegitimate child storyline going mm-hmm. on with Kurt Angle. Which is like a yeah, very attitude area. Yeah. And expect people to buy into that, too, while you're on the same exact role, on the same program. Yeah. Yeah. You're having another storyline that's 
feeding us insider information. Mm, yeah, it's like, yeah. how can you do both at the same time? It's, and that it's really explain, weird. Because what I noticed with the crowd, I don't know if the, I guess the, the crowd tonight was so strange. I don't want to say strange, but it's like, it, they just seemed amplified from like the usual crowd. Like they were more, they were more torn over Roman Reigns and John Cena mm-hmm. than like crowds usually are, and they usually are very torn. You know, it's like they boo Cena, they say you suck, they say you still suck, they say you're boring, you can't wrestle, and then at the end, you know, we love you, Cena. Thank, thank you, you, Cena. Thank you, Cena. <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. I, they, they seem torn about Cena, but they didn't seem at all torn about Roman Reigns. Yeah, they're very. That was the one consistency. Yeah, they were very negative. But there was like in my section, there was a lot of like pro reigns people that were trying to get stuff started. Mm-hmm. Didn't really work too well, yeah. but uh, they were there, yeah. <laughs> and they were somewhat vocal. Uh, mostly moms. Yeah. <laughs> you thought that reigns was pretty hot. Yeah, uh, and that that didn't really go so well for them. But I mean, Is, has the Miz taken the slowest route to turning? You know how the thing I like. Somebody gets so over as a heel that they can't be heel anymore. They go face. Like The Rock, perfect example. Yeah. He went heel at uh, Survivor Series night. No, uh, that was before that. With The Nation, he was a heel. Yeah. People loved him so much, though, because he was so entertaining that he didn't have a choice but to be face. So then he turned heel on him again. (coughs) You know, like a huge heel. So that happens when, like, you can be a really hot heel and so hot and so entertaining that people turn turn you face, basically. Mm -hmm. I feel like The Mist has taken the super scenic route to get there. It's literally taken his whole career of being a heel. Like, he tried being a face, and it totally it didn't work years it ago. Awful. It was terrible. He was doing the figure four. But now he's at the point where he's been around so long, and he's established such a legitimacy that he's starting to become famous. It's kind of hard, right? Because you have... Uh, first of all, is, is he billed from Hollywood? Is he yeah. is, is he still billed from like, yeah, Hollywood, yeah, California? Yeah, that could have maybe had something to do with it. Like, maybe, yeah. Maybe here, but like at the same time, you also have Miz cutting promos where he says, like, to Enzo, you know, on Monday, where yeah. it's like, I was the guy in yeah. your shoes in the locker room. I was the guy that got yeah, shit on. Yeah. Yeah. I got through it. Here's me now, yeah, essentially. Exactly. And it's just like how just – someone can't, like, look past that, yeah. you know? When he's cutting those promos on uh, Talking Smack, right, know, yeah. Rip Talking Smack, but when he was – Doing his thing on there, mm-hmm. like you, you couldn't really, you couldn't look past that. We have, we have the name for that is the heel that makes, makes good, good points. points. <laughs> we, we mentioned that, yeah, <laughs> and people really respond to that. I go back to the, the um, program of Cena for WrestleMania. The program of Cena for WrestleMania, yep. the build up to that. You know, you look at Miz and Maurice, and it's like, wow, they've been together for a very long time. They actually legitimately seem like a loving couple. And you look at Cena and Nikki Bella, and it's like, this seems like the most prefabricated fake, <laughs> fake shit ever. And it's like, Miz, why is Miz not, why is Miz the heel here? I know. Like, he's making all the good points. Like, he actually has a loving relationship, and John Cena is a, is a robot. And the fact that Cena, about his brand. Cena proposed to Nikki in he the ring. validated that completely. completely validated and then you go back to the Miz critiques. You go to the, the promo with Enzo you're talking about. And Enzo says, you're nothing but a paper champion. The crowd literally just went, what? No, uh-uh. He's been intercontinental. He's about to break the record for all time combined, like, in six months or something. Yeah. And so, like, even the crowd, like, any crowd, like a Mark Town, a Smart Town, whatever you want to call it, they all understand, no, the Miz is pretty legit. He's been around for a while. He knows what he's doing, yep. you know? And he's, like, paid his dues. <coughs> and he's, yep. he's I just find it that. funny that it's, it's, like, he's making that turn 
it's just taken like the longest amount of time like ever like literally a couple of years. years or whatever it is well yeah I mean going back you want to go back to like the very yeah, beginning yeah, of his yeah, career because yeah. he couldn't yeah anyways next up we had uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt we actually watched this match Finn had great tights great yeah. tights yay or nay Nay, I I'm yay. I didn't. I didn't dig the gray. Oh, they were gray with a gray jacket. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I was too into the gray. Jacket. Maybe I'm just not used to him like being in, in gray. I guess. I mean, I saw some of his more like wilder stuff, like in in New Japan and shit. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I just didn't. It just seemed weird. It just seemed like. What, it, if, it was, what it, if it was silver? Not really that far off, like so. Like, well, I mean, like metallic. Oh, metal. Okay. Yeah. Not what about iridescent? Like flat the gray that he was going for kind of looked like uh, Neville's old, like NXT gear, oh, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, except yeah. Neville had like a little bit of a yellow accent on it, I guess. I don't know. I, just, I was kind of iffy yeah, on it, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> guy tries to stray outside of his box, and James <laughs> yeah. over here saying no, saying nay. I, I, I just, very but it, it could be as well that I just, I'm just not. Into this feud at all, and I <laughs> and I just you put the feud on your I, I didn't want to watch it. Brad I didn't, didn't want to see it. I wanted to go get a beer. I didn't even want to watch this match, and I know that's like super biased or against it. Like I just I just no, it's care okay. Nobody can no nobody cares nobody about cares about the feud. Okay, nobody cares about the feud. <laughs> I did like a couple spots. Um, we, we should say that Finn was one of the, the handful of faces that was consi- that were consistently cheered throughout the match. Yes. Oh Finn yeah. Was people love Finn. Over. People really love Finn. Have you seen any of uh, his New Japan promo stuff? Not too much, other than the the backstage stuff. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of the backstage. Oh, stuff. I love this. I wish that was like when he was like kind of sounded sort of crazy and like mm-hmm. the long one. I love that. I was showing that to Lars the day. I really yeah, wish that he would just do that stuff. But, uh, I mean, standing around, he looks cool, too. Oh, he is, like, the coolest-looking guy. He's a very cool-looking guy. Uh, but, yeah, no, he beat Bray Wyatt. He won. Have we been mentioning? Oh, yeah, we haven't been mentioning. Who's yeah, one. yeah. Uh, he, he beat Bray Wyatt. <coughs> I thought this was the best match that they've had. Yeah, I like right. when Bray Wyatt does the suplex throwing thing. That was cool. He didn't like Yeah, he tossed him. Oh, like, yeah. He, he tossed him. I like that. He Before him. the match started, he, he attacked uh, Finn and then did a urinagi on the announce table. Yeah, that was And it cool. made it seem like Finn wasn't going to be able to wrestle. Yeah, I, that, like, I couldn't even... Again, it, I feel like I'm being, like, pessimistic. Towards no, it. no, you're good, you're good. It, this feud, though, like, for me was so... Like, I was so over it that, like, even something like that I couldn't buy into because... Oh, yeah. I felt yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if anything, if you were going to pull something like that, don't do the ribs. Do his bad shoulder that mm-hmm. he already had. Like, yeah. if you're going to do something like that, it's like, how am I supposed to believe that this dude... Cannot continue. Oh, you, you cracked his rib or something like that. But this dude already wrestled through a whole match at SummerSlam yeah. without with a yeah. pulled yeah. out shoulder. shoulder like yeah. I just saw him do that like just yeah. a few years ago, and yeah. he literally like back in the match. Like, yeah. come on, like <clears throat> a little thing like that was supposed to take him out. Sort I couldn't buy it. To piggyback off that too, I think what kind of bugged me about the beginning when Bray like destroyed him first, and he had like five refs helping him up the ramp. And it took Bray goading him back into the ring to get him to compete. Yeah, like he was legitimately going to be done. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, he was just going to walk away? Like, wouldn't he have just threw his own grit and determination not being like, well, hey, he, McFly, what are you, chicken? You know, know like, know. it was like that. I was kind of half expecting him to go backstage, Bray talks some trash, and he comes out as Demon Beller. You know, it should take mm-hmm. like hours. No, I know, but I thought maybe he had his jacket on the whole time because they were dead on his back. Oh, oh, okay. There so you he's go. going and getting like a quick, 
like it would have been cool if he did like a really messy demon. Yeah, yeah. Like a really like hastily thrown together one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do best you can in thirty seconds. I did it myself. I did it myself. But that was the thing that I couldn't really fundamentally get behind with the start of this was like Bray initially challenging Finn and Bray beating Finn when like he came over from like the draft Mm -hmm. and it was like a super decisive victory for Bray and then SummerSlam came and Finn pulls out the the demon and suddenly like you know it goes in Finn's favor but then it starts Bray in a way, like, he makes up these, like this weird excuse that it's like, you could only beat me because you were the demon, mm-hmm. and when it's man-to-man, then I will beat you. But at, his, at the core character of Bray Wyatt, he is a supernatural character. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, his character is supernatural, so yeah. by, by that logic, like, Finn should be at a disadvantage because he is just normal Finn. Yeah. But Bray is still supernatural Bray. Yeah. Yeah. So it... It's kind of weird, like that you would come on a Titantron and be like, maybe Bray Wyatt has the thing like Superman has in Fortress of Solitude and Superman Two, and you walk in there and lose all his powers, and then he walks back in there when he walks back and gets back. <laughs> that could be. I mean, it's all like about just for the match. You couldn't teleport. That's, if you've that's seen all the shit power. that Bray Wyatt can do in the bowels of an arena, like teleporting shit, <laughs> like maybe you're right. Maybe he can't do that in the ring. He can only do it in the bowels of the arena. Or maybe he's just toying with people. That would be a great end game for him if, like, he just it, like if they if they wrote all of his losses into the storyline into like one big storyline for him, where he's like, "Yeah, man, I was just playing with you all. I'm gonna beat you anytime." And he just goes on like these crazy win streaks, just like rocking <laughs> around and everybody. That's in my fucking fantasies. Yeah, that's never happening. That's, that's he's gonna be jobber to stars for life, dude. But okay, going back to what we were talking about uh, with Elias. The in terms of like people staying in their roles, mm-hmm. that bums me out infinitely more for a guy like Finn Balor, who was the first Universal Champion. The only reason yeah. he had to drop it was because he got injured. And granted, he probably would have dropped it to Brock or Goldberg, anyways. But that bums me out because I don't know when him or Seth, who I really like, are ever going to find their way back up to that scene while Roman is clogging. The drain, basically. Yeah. That's the big bummer to me. It's like, me and Larson have talked about this a little bit. It's like, we kind of just want the Roman experiment to just get here and, like, give them the damn title and then... Yeah, WrestleMania can't come soon enough. But it's funny yeah, that you guys say that, though, because, like, people were saying that same exact thing when they gave it to Roman before, and they were like, we just want this experiment to be over. But then, yeah. it, like, it ended, but we and all, then they started yeah. it again. <laughs> but we all knew that that wasn't the real experiment. It was like, we all knew that it had to be against Brock. He had to fight Brock, that beat was, him cleanly. That was the original finish of WrestleMania 31, but then the crowd just crapped all over it, and so here comes Seth. I know, which was great, because they listened to us, and it was amazing. It was, we were there. It was an amazing moment. Yeah, it was a great moment. Speaking of Seth. Uh, oh, we should say that Finn beat Bray. We didn't say that. I said that at the very beginning when no, I was sorry. saying, have you been talking about that? Sorry. I was still okay. focused. I was reminiscing. I your apology. I was reminiscing about his great tights. He technically did. Uh, hey, those were really great, great tights. They were really great tights. Fantastic, what great tights. Great. You know, you're yeah, young. You're supposed to be more me. into change than we are, man. We're supposed to be old. So in right. the gray, you know, I'm like, you know, it's 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 either black or white. There is no gray. Whoa, that's pretty deep. That is deep. That's <laughs> deep shit. But there. technically, Finn gave Bray was it two coup de grace? Could you? He gave one him with like head. standing one. The stall, oh. the one in the back of his head. Did you talk about that? One? Yeah, the one, no, the one in the back. Oh, of his head. oh, so okay, yeah, yeah, no, no, I think that, that was that should have been like a that, finish. That seems like more devastating getting a, a couple boots to the back of your head versus your chest. 
So does that count as a coup de grace? No? I don't think so. Coup de grace is what he does. Oh, I think that had to have counted as one. I think in the rule book that would have been a rebound or an nice. assist. See, I that turned the conversation good. from the tights to oh, well done. you guys against each Look other at him. over oh, one or that. two coup de grace. Oh, he knows we can never <laughs> resist going at each other over, <laughs> for great over something on. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Tight's good. One, two de gras. Coup de gras. Two de gras. Two de gras. One coup de gras. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Look what you've done. Tearing us apart. Next. Tag team action. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, your Raw Tag Team Champions against The Bar. The Bar. The Bar. The Bar. The Bar. The Bar. It's been a long day. What do they do if they get a third and there's a dude in the middle? Do you have to do this to connect The Bar? Well, the the thumbs aren't connected. They don't ever connect them. Oh, they get close. Yeah, but it's not connected. The, the middle person would go like this. So they, be. They'd be a, that's like, like a break. Could, that's a break in T-bar, though. They could... Uh, you need to... I'm, yeah, you know, there you go. That's T-bar. That's ultimate T-bar. There you go. That's trio T-bar. Trio. T-bar trio. I like, the, I like the bar thing that they do, but I don't like the Dragon Ball Z thing no, that they do. You know do. That, where that came from is uh, the Raw After Mania. The crowd started singing Seamus and Cesar. And they were still facing yeah. that. And they were doing that, and somehow that stuck around after the heel turn. And I thought they just stole it from Hall and Nash. Yeah, that's where they got it from, I think. Oh, okay. Um, anyways, match of the night, right? Yeah. yeah it started out a little slow, but like the story going into it, and Sheamus and Cesaro did a promo beforehand saying that they were the, the alpha team and, and that they were going to, uh, much like James just did, um, drive a wedge between the partners, oh Seth and Dean, and, and, and beat them that, that way. The Yoko Ono of going in wrong. And <laughs> two, two, two coup de grace. <laughs> Just one. Don't and, get, uh, don't get and, uh, that's, hold on a second. This match was seven minutes shorter than Rain Cena? Yeah. Wow. And this one seemed like, especially the beginning, it, it was It seemed like long. it was a half hour. And it's, because, it's because the first two-thirds of this match, there was only one member of Dean and Seth in the ring getting their... Asses beat. Yeah, Seth was sleeping. Oh yeah, and it was. I was telling Steve, it's like when we play uh, tag matches <laughs> in, in 2K17, where we concentrate so much on trying to get our our opponent's partner out of the equation, mm-hmm. knock them off the ring, to, to double team essentially uh, the person in the ring, and that's exactly how this match played out. Yeah, where they just isolate the bar, the bar isolate the bar. one member of Dean Seth, focus all their attack on them. And then also, Cesaro lost two of his teeth. That was awesome. That was like my... Okay, that wasn't my spot of the night. That looked like it really hurt. My yeah. spot of the night was when they freaking powerbomb. I liked that when they were like making the other person watch their partner. Oh, yeah. When he was holding pain. Seth. Yeah. That was rad. And because I felt like he was kind of doing that like right before the powerbomb spot when he had Seth. So Cesaro was up on the top, on the top rope, sitting on the top rope thing. On the, on the turnbuckle. Turnbuckle, thank you. And Seth tried to, like, jump up and, like, do a, I don't know, Hunican Ron or something like that. But instead, Cesaro held him sort of in power, in, like, tree of woe position. Upside like, down, yeah, yeah. Upside yeah. down, so that he had to watch Seamus sort of take out Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I think they were going to do, yeah, they were going to do, like, that, uh, that combo white noise. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So then Seth interfered in that. <clears throat> and so then Cesaro powerbombed. Seth onto Dean Ambrose. I thought that would have been a spectacular finish. I thought so too. I really I thought that should have been it. Because here's the thing, especially at, by that point in the match, I was like, okay, I'm back on board with this feud. Like, it hasn't really been going anywhere. 
But if this is turning into Usos versus the New Day, yeah. which I can watch their tag chemistry all day long, yes. then I'm okay if it just keeps on getting us rematch after rematch and different stipulations and stuff. I'd be okay with that. Um, but it was not to happen. That was a false finish. Dean Ambrose apparently kicked out of anything. And oh, uh, and uh, bar ended up going over. No. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, they ended up losing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seamus uh, accidentally kicked Cesaro. Um, which led to the finish where Seth awkwardly hit his finisher, followed by Dirty Deeds, Dean pinned Sheamus, still champions. We what are. Was, what was the move that knocked out Cesaro's front teeth? Because I don't think. Oh, I he was when is when he got, uh, <laughs> hit the ring post. They replayed um, it. They, they replayed a bunch of afterwards in the crowd. So it wasn't Seth. It wasn't Seth. No, no, no it this wasn't time it wasn't Seth. <laughs> it wasn't Seth. Was Brett, Seth. relax. It wasn't Seth this okay. time. All right. Um, we're all in agreement that Seth Rollins needs a new finisher yeah. again. Yeah. Yes, that was very sloppy the way, like, it seemed like he didn't know which way to turn Sheamus. So yeah. it was kind of like a, uh, 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 yeah. and then he did the knee, and it just looked really awkward. And yeah. I, I'd assume that they still haven't named it yet. It's just oh, really hard. On, on, his Sam, on the Sam Roberts podcast, Seth has called it. Freaking knee? His pretty cool knee. Okay, well, Corey, Corey Graves apparently named it tonight King's Landing. Is this someone else's move? Well, it's a Game of Thrones reference, I think. Yeah, but I thought someone else had a move called something like that. <clears throat> I don't know, man. Somebody tweeted that at me. I don't know who the person was. I'm just I'm reiterating what Twitter said. I, it could be completely full. Man, I didn't even research that. <laughs> I have no idea if that's true or not. Either way, it's just it's really like it's terrible. Awkward. Regardless, they also did name. the Should I was, called the shitty me. I was telling was you guys terrible. they did the Omega spot with Dean where, oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. he was so tired and exhausted that he collapsed oh, and died right, the bro yeah. kick, which yeah. I thought was kind of weird that they uh, – I'm fine with the spot, but it was kind of weird that they would throw that into a Seth match considering yeah. all the critiques that Seth's been getting it. with uh, the knee and the all that. Thing, yeah. yeah, it was just kind of weird that they would have, like, a little Omega thing in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, New Japan is where it's at, so they got to steal from the best. That's a good point. <laughs> well, there was a what was it a YouTuber or a Twitter comment today? Goes he said New Japan is shit. You just sound like a bunch of Meltzer fanboys. Well, for one thing, I am a Meltzer fanboy. Uh, number two, New Japan is awesome. Yeah, it's so I'm pretty sure I muted that person. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> maybe I, did. I didn't block them. I don't block anybody. I just mute them. Anyways. <coughs> why would you be against something like new? Like, why would you be against something like a, a, the rising tide of something different? Like a I different don't know. Yeah, I oh, so many great styles. I've been so used to the same exact style of wrestling since I was little, and like I'm getting exposed to something new and refreshing oh, that's like reinvigorating for like a wrestling fan. Freaking water, man! That's like, amazing. That should be great all across the board. Yep, I agree. People are weird, man. Uh, <laughs> next up, next up, we got a fatal five-way match for the WWE Raw Women's Love Championship. Uh, this was fun because Nia Jax makes things fun. Yes, yeah, she does. Um, I love when they team up on her because she's like a giant monster. I love the bit where she had little Alexa Bliss on her shoulder. By the way, Alexa Bliss is over as shit. Yes, yeah, they're is. gonna have turn. I swear they're. I don't know. Do you think they're going to have to turn her face? Or if they're just like, hey, whatever, she's a heel. She could do the Miz type thing where she's super over but still just be a heel. Yeah. Because she's so good at it. I don't think she would work as a face. No, not really. But yeah, she was maybe chasing the belt. That spot where uh, Nia Jax had Alexa Bliss on her shoulders and Sasha was about to go on the top rope. 
she uses Alexa's feet to kick Sasha off the mm-hmm. top rope and then put Sasha on top of Alexa's as Samoa and drop to both of them. That was great. Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, carrying both those women's on her shoulder was fantastic. And then uh, <coughs> Jack got a got power bomb on the outside. Yeah, boy, cool. that looked kind of scary for her. Yeah, Nia Jax took a couple of she took some big bumps, serious bumps. That that spot where God, I missed all of this. I was she, just in the bathroom. She uh, <laughs> got in the bathroom all the time. <laughs> she got thrown. You're like, boo, bathroom break. Who lets the women rest? No, I was, I was, I was already out there, but then I came back when pe- people were going ape shit over Nia Jax, and I didn't yeah. know why. Oh, I, yeah. I, had, I had missed it. I got back right when people were going ape shit. Uh, what, what were you saying? Oh, yes, yeah, Nia Jax got thrown into the ring post. But instead of taking it shoulder first, looks like she took it across her mm-hmm. abdominal area and then rolled out the ring. It's pretty rough spot. Yeah, she was a trooper in this match. Yeah. Everybody just pile on her hair. It was great. It was great. Um, Alexa Bliss once again took advantage of, uh, I think, didn't Sasha do something to Bailey? They, they had a couple, they had an extended sequence where they were breaking up pins. <coughs> was like Emma Bailey. I forget what the last sequence was, but I know Alexa Bliss hit her glorious DDT, whatever she calls it. Oh, she there. calls it. It was a hell of a sell by Bailey, too. Uh, wait, what's that? Bailey sold that DDT wonderfully too. Oh yeah, I know. No, she spiked herself. It was great. Yeah. So Alexa's still champion. And I was kind of after the match, she goes up at the ramp and is met by Renee Young. A little short interview, and I was kind of half expecting Oscar. To come I out. know, man. I was thinking about that too. How cool would it have been instead of like because they made the announcement that Oscar's going to be debuting at TLC. Debuting at TLC. How cool would it have been instead of just making a cheesy announcement like that if Alexa goes up to the top of the ramp. Lights go, lights just get killed in the arena, and then we see like (laughs) on like the thing, and then everything comes back to normal, and everybody's like, oh damn, it's Oscar's theme. Screw that, have Oscar's theme play. She comes out, (laughs) and right as Alexa Bliss is talking about how she's a goddess, and she just says, nobody's ready for Oscar. Yeah. And then she kicks her and then wins the title. Right there. We we're terrible fantasy booking tonight. You guys no, seem very great. optimistic. About that'd be the, great uh, because we were the there. Oscar, like, <coughs> and, oh, know, they're giving her that title immediately. Yep. Yeah. They better. I'm gonna stop watching. No, I'm not gonna do it's that. Not true. It's so, make our money, Steve. Yeah. It's just weird the way they've like handled the the women on the main roster. I mean, at first they were all so well done, yeah. and then like. They've kind of deteriorated back into this weird specific role, and the only ones that you care about are those specific few mm-hmm. that like, maybe it's because they're on Total Divas. I don't know if that's the yeah, rumor, man, but it, it is just a very select few, and like you, just, you don't have a reason to like care. There, there was no reason going into this that I personally thought like Alexa Bliss would lose. I just didn't. Yeah. I just didn't see it happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I see thought there. Really. I thought there was a possibility they'd give it to Nia in between uh, Alexa and Oscar because <coughs> I do think they're gonna. Have, I, I. I am. I. You're probably right. I shouldn't probably have a reason to be kind of optimistic about Oscar. We'll find out relatively shortly. Um, but no, you do make a good point. So we for our uh, review show that went up today. Um, when you're watching this yesterday. Uh, we reviewed NXT Rival, which featured um, the four horsewomen in a fatal four-way back in NXT in like 2015. <coughs> My God. Talk about remembering like how they would let them wrestle. Night and day. Night, Night and, day. and day. Like They just, on main roster, they go through the motions. And in NXT, they had so much passion. They were proving themselves out there. Yeah. I loved... NXT Sasha Banks, I absolutely hate main roster Sasha Banks. Yeah. I just, I don't, it's, 
it's what they did to her, you know? Yeah. It's like, I just can't. I, Bailey was getting booed for a while, I feel, you know? I, I, I feel the same tonight. way. Yeah, I feel the same way about Bailey. I don't I don't quite hate. Because there's a thing like Sasha with that little interview she gave on Sam Roberts. It's hard for me to hate her because I think she hates her. I think she hates, like, she's, the direction. You she's know? Her own direction. I think she hates Sasha Banks on main roster. <clears throat> and they haven't done anything with her. I think that's part of the problem. They haven't done anything with Sasha necessarily. Mm-hmm. But at least she had that shine with the feud with Charlotte yeah. last year. Yeah, it was so great. Which was really, really good. They did a lot with that. With Bailey, it's as if as soon as she got to main roster, nobody understood what made her popular in NXT. Yeah, it's like they never watched her in NXT. Yeah, and so they went with this weird, like, superficial, oh, well, she's childlike. So she never grew up, and her dad was hanging out with her when she was still in the fourth grade, and he went on dates with her. And it was like, where are you coming up with this crap? I know. Like, that was never, even on Breaking Ground, like, she had a freaking boyfriend, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, like, that's my bigger thing is, like, they had, with Bailey coming out of NXT, they had a license to print money. Mm -hmm. Like, the way she gets over with the kids and with, like, the adults... They had such. They had so much money. The to amount of there. people that said you cannot possibly fuck up yes. on the main roster. Yeah, and there, there you did. go. They did. There you go. And there might be something to the to the total divas thing. That would that's that is such a bummer if it's if it's the truth. That's that's such a bummer. But you know, I don't make, you know Oscar should be on total divas. <laughs> Give her the belt for. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know. It was a fun match. It had a lot of fun spots. It was yeah. one of the shorter matches on the card, it looks like. Yeah, it was. Um, but uh, Longer yeah. than the main event, barely. Yeah, Alexa Bliss retained, um, pinning Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's all, I don't know. I I don't know if they're just biding their time until Oscar gets there. They did a good job of, 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 of establishing some stuff between Bailey and Sasha that's been simmering for a while. Yeah, that got people. They had a, a really brief one-on-one encounter and everybody else outside the ring, and they broke up some pinfall attempts the other was doing. So yeah, they're adding some heat to that burgeoning feud. I feel like they could do just like so much more though with the with with the people that they have. It's like even someone like Mickey James, who they brought back on SmackDown, who mm-hmm. had like a really you know big role, and then switched to Raw and. Poof, be gone. Where the hell is she? Yeah, like, uh, she had the Raw House show we went to on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's like she could easily be used to to like you know enhance somebody else yeah. or build somebody up or do something mm-hmm. something with her uh, or you know even Emma with her fucking hashtag bullshit that she's got going on. It's just like you don't you don't buy into Emma's crap because no they're not going to let you believe that. Yeah. Like she always loses anyway. Yeah. So there's no. There's no point to even buy into Emma right now. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> it's always that false hope, dude. I'm always like, maybe, maybe, and then, eh, mm-hmm. nah, nah. But I like Alexa Bliss. I like her anyway. Oh, like, yeah, she's great. on the mic. She just, like, if you go back and you look at Bailey versus Sasha Banks at, uh, you know, those takeovers. Oh, man. You know, it's like, oh, that's right, we can have that. We could have that. We could be here. As main events as well. As yeah, main yeah. events, exactly. And yeah. programs like that and matches like that could main event. Oh, a major sure. pay-per-view. Absolutely. Again, I just wonder. I, I don't know if it's one of those Vince versus Triple H things. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because either. he seems to love 
like building up the women's division down there in NXT. He yeah, but it's like to, I don't know if you guys seen that. Uh, he probably did. Obviously, like a, like a while back, there was that dirt sheet report where he was kind of tiffed about the fact that like it's like it's like Triple H is grooming people to just come up to the slaughter. Oh and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like yeah. they'll sit down there even now. It's like even if Bailey is a lost project and Sasha Banks is a lost project and all these people that Triple H built up down in NXT, it's like he has to move on and he's moving into like the the Mae Young Classic people. Mm-hmm. It's like he's got to build more people yeah. up, like more people to come up <coughs> and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like those projects that Triple H has kind of had to let go. Mm-hmm. It, it just they just kind of got ruined in someone else's hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't sit too well for like. I well, I wonder. So. It's 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 kind of interesting because he gave an interview, and I'd love to I'd love to find out like more about this. But he gave an interview with I think Sports Illustrated or maybe it was a conference call where he said that NXT isn't close to what he envisions its yeah. final form as being. And I'm really curious what that final form in his head He wants a third be. brand. He obviously, that's probably number one. He wants it to be its own full brand. Um, I would love to see, like, I would actually love to see a two-hour. I mean, I love NXT the way it is. Maybe it'd be folly to, to extend it to two hours. But there's, there's, so, much, there's there. so much talent there. You know, and especially given what we know about who's been signed from the Mae Young Classic, just how many of those competitors have been signed, it's like, man, they're going to have to make room yep. for them, you know. One thing I thought about the other day, too, you know, like, because NXT, they, you know, they're the ones who brought up the Four Horsemen and all that kind of stuff. Now a lot of the Mae Young Classic people are coming over to NXT. <coughs> It'd be kind of cool if they, like, started a, a women's mid-title belt as mm-hmm. opposed to a men's mid-title belt. Like, if you really want to give a kick in the pants or something. Yeah. Make, like, the women the most dominant. Weren't people story. on about the, uh, when the Team Bad was a thing, like, like a women's tag yeah. type thing? Yeah. When, when Team Bad was a thing. And they the seemingly have submission enough sorority. at this point, yeah. <laughs> All those wonderful names. Yeah, the weird porno names that they yeah. have. Like, yeah, that was weird. That was strange. <laughs> submission sorority? Oh, that's already a porn name. Really? That's a weird Quick, name. let's change it. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yeah, and it just got worse and worse. Like the Pinky Club or something like that, or was like, yeah, <laughs> weird shit. Anyway, he's next up. John Cena came out. Yeah, people were like, pop. Cena sucks. Let's go, Cena. And then Roman Reigns came out. Everybody just collectively booed shit at him. Booze. <laughs> that weird dulled look on his face. Like he doesn't know where he parked his car. <coughs> uh, so, anyways, Roman Reigns and John Cena had a match. This yeah, was a twenty-two minute match. Yeah, they gave it time. That I feel like. I, dude, I saw the first ten minutes of this match. There was a lot of lumbering about. Well, it was they were trying. They to, were overselling each other. They were trying to tell the story of Reigns overpowering Cena, and Cena was just selling, selling, selling. There selling. was so much space and time. Well, Roman between was trying, each blow. Roman was trying to get heat. I think. Yeah, they were trying to feed into the time. crowd. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Boy, this match was. I, I honestly thought I was actually really looking forward to this match because Roman Reigns can bring it when he's got the right partner, and John Cena can really bring it when he really wants to, and I don't know, man, I just felt like this was... It didn't really kick up uh, any, any sort of momentum. The, the last, last five third. minutes were really decent. Yeah, the last third was pretty good. So the first, like, 20 minutes, or uh, 15 like minutes, minutes, yeah, the yeah. first 15 minutes, I was just sitting there like, man, this is like, this is they're taking their sweet time with this, and it really didn't feel like it was going many places. Until Cena hit the first AA. <coughs> and then Reigns kicked out of that. Cena gave him a top rope AA. Reigns kicked out of that. He gave him another. Gave him the rolling one too. Rolling one. Reigns kicked out of that. 
And it took one spear. Eight A's altogether. Baffling. One spear to beat. One spear so and punch. After the main event, I told this to Steve. This is what's going to happen. No one's going to kick out of the... Between now and Mania, no one's going to kick out of the spear. No one's going to kick out of the F5. So when Reigns kicks out of the F5 at WrestleMania, it's going to be a huge deal. That'll be their, their self point. That's going to yeah. be their The finishes? Yep. Or at yeah. least one of the B stories. So do you think, like... Obviously, there's a lot... There's a lot going into this match. Like, there's the, the, the dirt sheet shit mm. that they've been kind of working off yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but there's also been the big... Just as, just as much as the dirt sheet thing has been talked about and then bringing that up in promos and stuff, there's also been the fact that it's like this match being wasted on No Mercy and not <coughs> a WrestleMania. I mean, it's been brought up in, like, numerous podcasts. Like, yeah, yeah, Edge yeah. talked about yeah. it on his podcast, too, yeah. I listened to, where he was even baffled about why they would use this WrestleMania-caliber match. That even they build it like mm-hmm, that, yeah, you know, yeah. on a No Mercy. So, like, I guess bias aside, because we attended, mm-hmm. and, like, sure, sure, it was yeah. nearby, so we were able to go see it. So, like, for me, that's like, hey... You're gonna throw this on that card, yeah, right, 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 me, yeah, right? Exactly. But do you think that this was sufficient in that sense? Like, do you think they should have saved it for WrestleMania? Now having like it's already been done and over with, do you think that they should have um, saved it? I'll say, I'll say the build to the match was a WrestleMania worthy build. The match itself wasn't. Mm. Um, I think they could have put on a, a more effective, entertaining, and compelling performance in the ring. I just think the, I mean, I, I, I think I understand the story they were trying to tell. With Reigns going out there and wanting to prove something to Cena, hey, this is my yard now, um, and dominating for the first part of the match and the kicking out of everything. Um, but there were really there just wasn't enough give and take throughout the match. It didn't feel like because you just I mean, part of it is the inevitability of Reigns winning. We all know he's going to win, mm-hmm. so regardless what Cena does, Reigns was going to kick out. And so even when Reigns kicked out of the double A, you're like, all right, well we knew that was going to happen. I think there's, there's a little drama involved in it. And that's part I think of the problem. Ideally, if you don't have to deal with John Cena's thing, things, yes, things are amplified when they're at WrestleMania. I think moments are made bigger at WrestleMania yeah. simply for happening at WrestleMania. I think was the match was the match what I had hoped it would be. No, was the match what I think these guys could have put on? Like I think they could have put on something much better. I think I, I have faith in both of them. Um, but if you to to, to to adjust the question, yeah, I think that the passing of the torch thing probably should have been either a SummerSlam Mania or Rumble. A Mania maybe even a Rumble. I I absolutely think so. But that being said, I think Cena did everything. He literally raised Roman's hand, said something to him. Like he literally did everything he could do without get like this is what Brian Zane said earlier, right? Except getting an actual torch Giving it to him <laughs> physically and saying, Cena did everything he possibly could yep. to indicate that this is that moment. How many people have to do that, though? How many people have, like, um, if they have The Rock do it and he gets booed. Mm-hmm, Granted, it's in Philly, but still, like. <coughs> yeah, if, Rock, the Rock's done it. The Undertaker kind of did. Oh, yeah. The uh, Cena just did. Triple H did. Yeah. That's at least four. That's like, you're. I get it. You're building like a, a laundry list for his rep, but my God, like well, they're mortgaging the entire future of the company on this one guy. Yeah, it never works. And I feel like, like kind of to piggyback off of what you guys said, I feel like maybe if it had a little bit more time with the the build being as good as it was, and and then bringing in the little dirt sheet stuff, I feel like they could have definitely had it mean something more. Because I feel like 
for Cena and for Roman, for that matter. It's like they kind of go in with their similarities and stuff. They go into matches with kind of the same premise, at least in a way, especially when it comes to their track records, and it's almost always against, like, a big indie guy. And for for a good portion of the audience, it's like when you see AJ versus Cena. It's like you have a different mentality there because it's like you know – AJ's background, you know, Cena's background. It's like, you know, like, how they built Cena, and you know how AJ kind of built himself on yeah, the independence. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of been Cena's thing, whether it was Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, or anybody, like, you know, his long yeah, yeah, And then it's like yeah. Roman had kind of a similar thing as well with, like, this person, that person, that person. So when you have, like, that, like, it's like almost like two rocks facing each other right. instead of, like, a rock and a paper. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah, if that analogy works. No, that's a good well, analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's different. It, it's it's just a whole different kind of atmosphere and it's a whole different type of match. And I think it's kind of hard, other than the promos and stuff, to really convey that in the match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of like when uh, they sort of had, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of on a different, different level, obviously, but we always felt that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn should have had their blow off at like SummerSlam, WrestleMania, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And it said they gave it a, like Battleground or something. Like that, yeah. So you just have to kind of accept, okay, well, this is the circumstances. But ideally, yeah, this was a, this was a mania level buildup. Yeah. And I mean, I think, look, the, the best matches don't usually happen at WrestleMania. Oh no, no. no. And so I, I would give this I would give this match the pass for you know what it was. But yeah, it does seem like it should have been. But like I said, Cena like they did close-ups on him afterwards. He was doing the whole, oh well, man, hanging up the old boots for now, you know. Yeah, they yeah. gave it like the feeling that this is like the one and only time you will see this. Match. They did, and they that's did the, that's the part yeah. where it makes it feel kind of a bit lackluster. Where if you wanted to be more, it's like maybe you could hope for a second match. But yeah, like yeah, they yeah. made it seem oh, like yeah. this is it. Yeah, yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're definitely Romans on the. It's just the question now is. What? Where does Roman go from John Cena? We still have. Well, he's gonna be on Miz, he's gonna be on Miz TV tomorrow. They can do Miz Roman. Miz. <laughs> yeah. People are gonna like you want Miz to be a face. That's a that's a quick route. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're you're not gonna be able to. Boy, he's gonna have his work cut out for him. There's him. I mean, he could still beat. He's still gonna. He's still have to beat Braun at some point before between now and Mania. Oh, you think they're gonna go back to Braun? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Because that's. I mean, I know he beat him earlier this year, but. During the whole course of their feud, Roman's been not more than one time gotten the short end of the stick. So I think he's gonna beat Braun somewhere close to WrestleMania. Okay, I can see that. Just to kind of tie that story. Yeah, together. maybe. I don't know. I don't know how anxious. I mean, yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, they have a problem with Braun losing. It seems <coughs> he should he should face Seth and Finn. I would think. Yeah. Wait, has, have they done Bray Roman? Oh yeah, they have. Yeah. yeah. Am I missing, like, a huge chunk of time when they took, like, forever to do that? There was a pretty major feud. Was there? Okay. Yeah, they had a Hell in Cell match. Did they? Yeah. When was that? Uh, two, three years ago. Oh, well, that's a while. That's, that's before <laughs> he was on the road to WrestleMania, dude. Um, so I could see them doing that. I could see Finn Balor maybe being... They're, they're going to have, they're, they're have him beat everybody. But you don't think they're going to have him beat Finn? I don't know. You think Finn's big enough? You mean in terms of physical stature? No. I mean, like, in terms of power rankings. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely he is, but I don't know. Do you, wait, do you think, well, explain yourself. Why don't, why don't you think they'd have him face Finn Balor between now and Mania? Um, to further solidify that he's the man. Well, it depends on how much they want to mortgage their entire future to Roman Reigns. 
So you're thinking that they're they don't want they want to maybe protect Finn a little bit more? Yeah. I don't have that faith, dude. That's what I was trying to get you to say. I don't have that faith. I think they're going to have him kill Finn Balor. Well, I, and part of that's based on I read I read something that the reason that Finn Balor hasn't had a universal title shot is because they don't want is to lose. Is he Plan it. B? I don't know if he's Plan B, but just they want to protect him. Wow. I would love for that to be the case. Yeah. I would totally love for that to be the case. I don't have faith in that. I don't either. That'd be great. <laughs> Boy, how awesome was that when Finn beat Roman when Roman was being punished? Oh, that was the great. Was that was great. Oh, that was be- God, that was a beautiful episode of Raw. That was a freaking beautiful episode of Raw. Anyways. Uh, next Anyways, up, yeah, we had... One spear <coughs> um, Enzo Amore, the new cruiserweight champion... I called this. Larson called Alexa going over, so we officially split predictions because it was the only two matches that we differed on. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this, I would have been okay with this outcome if Neville had put on a clinic before this instead of just kind of toying with him a little bit. Again, this was a slow freaking match. Yeah. Like if Neville went out there and just like wrestled and pulled the crap out. Yes. Yeah. And it took, it took. Enzo going and getting that belt from the timekeeper area and bring it to the ring. They also uh, to distract Neville and then kick him the balls. Crowd chanted, "This is boring." Yeah, universally at some point. Yeah, but then they yeah. also I don't know if, if the the big screen at the top was the TV feed, I guess, like mm-hmm. for the network. But they didn't they didn't even catch Enzo getting the belt at first. Right. Like when he first went over there and grabbed it from the uh, the timekeeper area, yeah. they were they were on Neville the whole time uh. on the camera, and so like it was <coughs> weird because he was juggling the belt at rape, like he was like clutching it and then he dropped it and then he picked it back up again, and like he had to hold on to it for like a lingering amount of time yeah. until they finally cut to him for uh, him to continue and come in. It was really weird that they didn't catch that. I guess just him initially grabbing it from mm-hmm. the timekeeper mm-hmm. area. Yeah, that was weird. There are pros and cons to this. Um, I understand the pros of putting the belt on is going to, in theory, help two or five live and people will tune in. Doesn't mean I have to like it. I want to. I want to know what what is the what is the general consensus on Enzo here? Oh, mm. I mean he's he's a lousy wrestler. Okay, yeah, he's a lousy wrestler. We can, I think okay. we all agree on that. <coughs> I like how he's been booked on two or five live. Because they're directly addressing the fact that he cannot hang with the cruiserweights. I like that. Yeah. Um, I like that he's the perfect and exact contradiction to Neville. I like that. Because anything that will get more interesting Neville, I'm a fan of. Taking the belt away from him and putting it on this absolute scrub of a human being gives us... A Neville that is going to be so entertaining and so fun to watch. Watching the rest of 205 Live, including Cedric Alexander, just have connections over this pile of trash wearing this prestigious title, I think will be entertaining. Does it devalue the title? I don't know. No, I don't think it devalues the title. I, just I mean, it probably it. does. It's supposed to be for the best wrestlers. Dude, when when Tazawa beat him and he showed up at NXT looking oh, like absolutely great. miserable, oh, every time they'd cut to Neville and he's just sitting there like... Yeah. Like just looking as miserable as can be. He was, he was on the panel. Yeah. Just miserable. Yeah, like his hair just looks terrible. Oh, it was like, great. And this <laughs> is like that. Slept for a to week. like the nth degree. This is like... So much more worse because it's the guy that he's mocked 
And it's like at least the Kirishizawa was like a hell of a wrestler. Yeah. Enzo's just a piece of crap. And so I think it's I think it's gonna make for some because re- I think 205 Live they've got their story their writing yeah. chops in order. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how it's gonna play out. Like I said in our predictions episode, there's not much more they can do with Neville holding the title and Enzo <coughs> chasing it. Because you can only fake it so far with him. I just thought they might have waited until TLC, so it could have been some sort of ladder match, and that would have, for the most part, covered up Enzo's deficiencies. That's kind of what I, I figured. Something like, uh, was it Sheamus when he first won the belt? Like a like a slipperoo where Cena like slips through the table. I forget who it was that like when Cena was in a table match or something, oh, and he yeah, like yeah, slipped yeah, yeah, and yeah. fell through the table, and that oh, was yeah, it yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Like I figured they would do some kind of route like that with yeah. with him where like he just kind of accidentally wins. Mm-hmm. Not so much based on like his skill or you know the cheating route that he's been going, yeah. but more so just an accidental win. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, Neville, he looks... Insane when he when he doesn't have the belt. Yeah, but at the yeah, same yeah. time, it's it's this this Enzo thing is the like the weirdest shit probably going on like on Raw right now. I yeah. want to say it's it's the most intriguing thing because you just you hear the the dirt sheets where it's like uh, Vince just likes to see Enzo get fucking ragged. Yeah, exactly. He loves it, so he just goes out and gets his ass beat all the time. He yeah. goes out and tries to stand toe-to-toe with Cass and gets shot right down, right yeah. away. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he has a bad rep in the back, and oh, he spends his money on strippers, and the stripper mm-hmm. calls him out. And, yeah. And, you know, yeah. like, he's, he's all this, like, shit to him, but at the same time, it's like he just... I don't know if it inadvertently works for him, yeah. like, because it, it, it's obvious, or at least the rumor is that, like, they, they're trying to shit on him, it's like you have the Miz verbally shitting mm-hmm. on yeah. him, and in a way, like, when you're saying that like, it, it doesn't really devalue the title, but at the same time, like, Miz was literally telling him, you were demoted mm-hmm. to 205 Live, yeah. because we didn't know what to do with you, yeah. and yeah. it was like, stuff like that that they've been saying to him on air, it's like, they almost make it so... They want the audience to not like Enzo anymore. But even though he's shit in the ring, he still sells merch. Like, him and Cass sold merch like crazy. Why they split him, I don't know. But even then, Enzo by himself can still do that. Yeah. He can, he's got, he's fucking, he spikes rating. He's got marinara sauce or something coming out on the WWE shop. It's like, I, like, I, I liked Enzo, and even before all this shit happened, like, I liked Enzo when he appeared in, in NXT yeah. originally, with, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. his little short hair, when he first got with Cass, when even, I didn't really like it when Carmella was added into the mix, and it was kind of weird, but, like, <laughs> they found their groove, yeah. and I was on board when everybody was hyped as shit when WrestleMania the day after came out, like, and everyone was like, call him up, call him mm-hmm. up, and then suddenly it's like, <sighs> Fuck Enzo. Everybody hates Enzo now, but it's like, this guy can still make the company a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, he is true. garbage in the ring, and that's, sure, just throw him around, ragged on, whatever, yeah. but he can still talk, and he can still sell the shit out yeah. of the stuff that you want to convey to the yeah. audience, you yeah. know? It's like, Braun coming out and completely just demolishing him was great, yeah. but why was it great? Because Enzo ragged on yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. like in a way, he helped make that great just by just yeah. by dying on on impact. Yeah. Much. It's like I can't. 
I, I can't hate Enzo no matter what they stack against him. In fact, it almost makes it, it seem yeah, like I yeah, like him yeah, more yeah. because of how they're stacking the, the deck against Enzo. In a well, way. Like, and, and the way they write him on 205 Live, I, I, I feel that too because it's like, man... You almost feel for the guy, yeah, because like, he has the entire company against like, him. Yeah. I don't care what he does with his money outside of yeah. WWE. I don't care that he talked to a stripper about my, WWE yeah. business stuff. That's none of my business. That's like that's nothing that has to do with me on like yeah. a, an entertainment level. But when I see Enzo go out, I'm sure he gets annoying and stuff on on occasion. But when he gets like his ass beat or something mm-hmm. like that, or he sells. Something he's still over his catchphrase is still over. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know. You just you can't deny that power that Enzo at least still has, no I mean, matter how much yeah. you stack the, the deck against him. I, no, I appreciate him. I appreciate him on a couple levels. Number one, he has boosted the profile of Two Hundred Five Live. Yeah. I'm a fan of Two Hundred Five yeah, Live. Same here. Uh, he does, especially where Two Hundred Five Live needs it most with the crowd. He is an injection of adrenaline. For that crowd, and we need that crowd to be hot for those matches because the matches are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, my main beef with Enzo has always been <coughs> his promos just go on forever sometimes. <laughs> they go on so long. Sometimes then, they don't make sense. Yeah, then, or they don't make, or they don't make sense. Point. The other part of Enzo is simply I'd like 205 Live to be sort of the reward like, for the really good wrestlers, and then you inject him in there, it's like, oh, man. But at the end of the day, it's wrestling. Exactly. And he's bringing out some really good storyline. Like, the Cedric Alexander, the when he the, for the number one contendership match, he was lumbar checking the shit out of everybody. He was the heir apparent. He was the guy who was going to win. And then Enzo comes out of nowhere after sitting out the entire match, gets the role. That is fodder for a great story yeah, yeah, for yeah. Cedric Alexander, who yeah. hasn't really been in any great stories beyond the Noam Dar Alicia Fox thing. So Enzo is this catalyst for a lot of really interesting things that can happen. And so I, I just I really like the writing on 205 Live. Vince obviously doesn't seem to have much of a hand in that. And so, you know... You also don't even need to use him in a wrestler capacity forever, you know what I mean? Like, he's great on the mic or whatever, and even though it's sometimes mundane and doesn't get his point across, especially that with him against The Miz, like, Mm, he was... He got trashed. Yeah. yeah, But, like... On a, on good occasions, you know, what I mean, you could stick him with somebody mm-hmm. else, and you could have him be a manager, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Absolutely. It's like he's definitely a useful tool. Granted, he's, he's a tool. I guess of, you know, he, he's, he's one of the most colorful characters on the roster. And if he left abruptly, if they fired him or whatever, or if he decided to leave at the end of his contract, <clears throat> it would there'd be a giant hole there, yeah. you know. And three years later, he would get a massive. Massive pop when he came back, you know. That's why I don't understand the the mentality that some people have where they just want him out because of the the way that WWE is kind of, I guess, what they've given in terms of Enzo on TV lately. But I just I I feel like he is an asset, you know. You know, and you know, he does sell even if it's just merch, whatever, you know. And and we were told before like that him and Cass. Sold a shit. It's so weird they broke them up. It is so weird. So because part of the joy of part of the joy of that group was you know what even when Enzo goes on too long you can always look at Cass and even Cass would be lost and there's such a charm in that Mm -hmm. because it's like oh man these guys legitimately are best friends and Cass (coughs) just sits there 
and he just sort of lets him ramble, smiles, yeah. and lets him ramble, yeah. and sometimes he sort of cracks a smile, and you can tell it's a legit smile. Which mm-hmm. there is charm when it comes to watching people. Like I'm sure you and Alex did the same thing. It's like you can tell you guys actually like each other and like get a kick out of each other. Mm-hmm. Same thing with me and Larson. It's like. It's always fun when you can see two guys who actually legitimately get a kick out of each other, and mm-hmm. you can see the history there between them just from them, like, bantering. I mean, you also got that guy that'll stand there and, and tell yeah. you to shut up. Exactly. Or something, yeah. you know, exactly. Like the guy that'll be like, all right, calm down now. Yeah. Like, just just cut it off now or whatever. But, it, like, they kind of let him loose where he, where he doesn't have that anymore. It's but. kind of the appeal of the club still to me is that these guys look like they're legitimately having a good time yeah. together because... They are legitimately best friends, yeah. you know. And it's just a bummer that Carl Anderson is a, is a doormat. Yeah, it is. But, uh, <laughs> that's a huge one. I, I come I, back over to SmackDown and just give them the AJ again. I'm telling you, we've been saying that forever. They're like kind of tweeners now, anyway. Yeah, if AJ's doing the same tweener thing, like give them the AJ and let them do the same exact good brother nerd oh, deal man. with AJ. That'd be same great. Deal. Did you see the uh, the club mask that AJ wore? Yes. Awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. That was rad. That's pretty neat. He actually, like, he took a couple of the pictures and put them on, like, his Instagram. Like, oh, yeah. The people yeah. That, that took pictures. Yeah. So, like, cool. I saw them circulating around. That was sick. That was so cool. So, I'm glad that we figured out Enzo Amore <laughs> as a group. That's good. <laughs> Let's move on to the main event. Yeah. Nine-minute destruction fest. And you know, before, when I, we were doing predictions, I said, I think this match is going to follow the template of the Samoa Joe match. And it pretty much did. Pretty much did. Really, really fantastic match. Just chock full of destruction and big bastards hurting each other. Well, there wasn't that much destruction. <coughs> Followed by, yeah, well, nobody's getting put through tables. But Brock looked, like, sincerely winded yeah. and gassed. And he looked like he was, you know, giving his all to Braun. And then followed up, finished off in a really abrupt single F5 manner. Absolutely. Everybody was just kind of like... Everybody, once again... What? Just like with the Samoa Joe match, you're right. Same template. People were just like, really? 1F5? Really? The guy no-sold a German suplex on Raw, and now he's I like, know. you know, not even... So, it took, and Braun gave Brock, what, four power slams? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And three two of them, I think... What was it, like two or three of them? He couldn't even get the pin. Yeah, because so there, was there was a really awkward spot where Brock put the Kimura lock on Braun. Braun, like, throws Lesnar into a turnbuckle. Brock won't break the hold. Right. And Braun reaches out and grabs the top rope, but the ref doesn't break the hold. So I don't know if this is a situation where Braun forgot exactly how that sequence was supposed to go, where he was supposed to throw Lesnar Yeah, that was so confusing. And then just fall the mat and not... Grab the top rope, wait for the bottom rope to break the hold, or what? But it was really confusing because it seemed like everybody in the arena was like, he grabbed the rope, break the hold, or <coughs> like yeah, start even, counting to dude, five. Even little kids I heard screaming, he's got the rope! Yeah. Like, once again, everybody knows, you get the rope, that's it. Yeah, you got like, five count to break the hold. It's surprising that either the ref or Brock didn't say, well, you, I noticed, I, I looked up on the, the screen when they were on the ground, yeah. and at one point it looked like Braun looked up to Brock and said something, yeah. and Brock, like, to ask a question, yeah. maybe, and then Brock said something, and then shortly after that, they get, they went back to, mm. to get out of the hold. Mm. It, was, it was right before Braun reached over to grab the, ro- the bottom okay. rope. Huh. So I don't know what Braun was saying. I don't know. I, know. I forgot what else was going on. God, I wish those guys were mic'd up. Oh, gosh, that'd be amazing. That'd be fantastic. Speaking of... Uh, the kids shouting out. A little tidbit that I forgot with uh, Bray Wyatt and Finn. Yeah. There was a kid behind me that yelled out, top of his lungs, 
about Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. He said he's fat. No. Oh. He said he's a retarded bastard. Oh my gosh! What the hell? It was a child. Flipping kids, man. It was a child that said that. You know, my kid has been saying, oh shit, now. She's two and a half. And when my car bounces too much, she goes, oh shit. And the other day, no, we were, we were laying in bed and watching some dolphin movie. And, like, this dolphin washes up on the beach. It's, like, kind of a darker movie. It's, like, a kid's movie. It was messed up. Oh, it was messed up. So the dolphin's all trapped in this freaking, like, man-made whatever. Climate change, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, a kid comes up and he, like, takes the rope, takes the rope off the dolphin's head. And then it was stuck there. And there's, like, a little bit of blood. And Bama says, oh, shit. And I said, Alabama, you can't say shit. And then, like, two seconds goes by. I'm like, oh, man. All right, you can say shit. <laughs> that easy. Yeah, you got me. You got me. <laughs> and once you once you understand what I'm saying, then I'll lay down the law. Anyways, yeah. So kids are terrible. Um, no, there's no. There was a kid behind me, behind us during the women's <laughs> match, and she oh, said tonight about Nia Jax, "You look like a whale." Oh, that's <laughs> awful. I thought you were talking about the guy behind us during the Lesnar match. That as soon as Braun comes out and starts attacking Lesnar, he says like, uh, "Already." <laughs> Yeah, he was, was incensed. That, that was pretty good. That was like the biggest Brock Lesnar fan. Yeah, I know. That was what I thought you were going to talk about. And then the guy in front of us like looked back at him because he just was incessantly screaming about Brock. Yeah. The guy in front of us looks behind us and goes, "He's very excited." It's like yes, he is. Uh, anyways, uh, Brock Lesnar went over with one f five, but again, fun match. Like like a lot of fun shit happening. Braun's great. Braun's yeah. always great. Braun is great. I told you guys when uh, when we were in the car right over here that something happened during the main event that made me like I I kind of figured Brock would win but there was something that happened in the, in the match that was really stupid and for some reason it swayed my judgment on okay. the, the result it made me think that Braun would win. Ooh, <laughs> and, right. uh, it's the stupidest thing, but <laughs> I was looking up like at the at the monitor and uh, I saw a little white piece of confetti fall. Oh, I saw that. It was a little white piece of confetti, and so. I think oh, new Universal Champion! I thought there would be a celebration. I was like, "Are they gonna Are they gonna give it to him? Yeah. Like, is this one little confetti a sign? Did it Did it just somehow slip out Maybe. from up there? Yeah. Yeah. But no, it didn't. It was just I felt <coughs> after I thought that. No, you know, I think I actually kind of <laughs> thought the same thing. Although I thought it happened like earlier in the night. I thought I saw a piece of confetti. I don't know. That's weird. That is strange. Yeah. Like, what was the confetti for? I don't know. It was just a little one white piece of confetti, and I just I thought like maybe it was maybe it was just a, a maybe a prior celebration in the uh, in the uh, Staples Center. I don't know. Like oh, something. Yeah, confetti yeah I, I have no idea. But I they always have confetti at the ready. You never know when you're eating yeah, confetti. Yeah, so I guess I, I shouldn't really take that into account. Uh, one thing though that was weird with this that kind of irked me with this the, the build of this match was I kind of felt that they underplayed a little bit of Samoa Joe's like involvement with with Brock Pryor mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. when when Paul Heyman comes out on these Raws and he's like saying how Brock has never been like shook like this before and yeah. stuff like that it's like didn't you see the same exact thing with Samoa Joe like it was like when Samoa Joe was doing it I legit felt it should be Joe mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah. Joe is bringing it to Brock and this is like he's coming out and he's Doing this nut, he's doing the thing with Heyman in the corner oh, where he's like, great. you know, whispering oh, in his that ear. Was amazing. He's yeah. like, you know, I'm not afraid of Brock and all that stuff. It's like shit that you really haven't seen 
happened with with this iteration of Brock, the yeah. way they built this Brock. Up. Yeah, yeah. But then they kind of started doing it with Braun, where he's the monster handler and he's just monster handling Brock, yeah. and it it to me it almost downplayed what Joe just did last month or the month yeah. before, and I felt like it's like, well, doesn't this in a way hurt Joe? Like, wasn't the, like you guys were saying that Joe was the first time mm-hmm. that, that somebody was a threat <coughs> to the Universal title, and I legitimately thought like maybe they would finally give it to Joe or mm-hmm. something new. Mm-hmm. Granted, I had heard that uh, Hayden was you know, vying for that to happen yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that at the time. But I was like, maybe they will actually give it to Joe. But with the Braun build, I was just kind of like, in my head it just kept going around that it's kind of belittling Joe's build a little bit. Like, it's ruining Joe a little, even yeah. though he's injured. Like, when Joe comes back and he's the fucking destroyer, yeah. is, I guess Braun's the destroyer now, so I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't know. It's I weird. It, it might be a case of, I've noticed they've done this before. When somebody's injured, it's kind of out of sight, out mm-hmm. of mind, you mm-hmm. know? It's like maybe they don't want to give a any like false hope that Samojo might be involved in this, mm-hmm. or if it's just a matter of I just well, think it's a matter of we've moved on. I think they just take each individual feud separately. Yeah, and they they're will, isolated. They will do yeah, whatever they I have think, to do to build heat kept. for that feud. Yeah, and that just kept popping in my the head. Only the only reference, the only reference, the past of the Undertaker's involved. Yeah, otherwise, why bother? But no, Joe's gonna be huge when he comes back. Oh it, yeah. But you, Larson, even he, he was telling me he was like, man, I wonder if Joe's gonna get involved in the main event because it's kind of around the time I think he should be coming back. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's four to six weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be out. It's supposed exactly to be out. It's been around that amount of time, I think. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do next. I, I just want to see that that badass Samoa Joe again, like when he oh, you know, I know. the NXT oh, shot of him man. half busted open. Oh, and that like, like he can just play that intimidating, no shit character so well, oh, yeah. like Samoa Joe can, and you can just feel it being borderline like legitimate. Even though Braun is huge, yeah, I just I felt. There was more of an intensity with the Joe versus Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, especially, if you, you know, with Joe's history wrestling, you know. Mm-hmm. You know he's legit in the ring. Yeah. You know? yeah. And he's, his promos, I've said, I've said this a couple of times, his promos make him seem like a character out of Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? He's like a Tarantino character. That's what I love about yeah. Joe is that he brings that level of, like, almost, like, I don't know, like a cinematic character to the to the because you don't see that a lot. It's kind of like when we were talking about Heenan. Like Heenan brought a level of comedy that was so clever and so witty that stood apart from everything corny about the WWF. Mm. Joe brings that level of character work to the WWE. But at first, it, it didn't even seem like they gave him much. It was like Joe gets a little segment and mm-hmm, he yeah. takes this little segment and and, and runs with it. Exactly. Pure gold out. And then they yeah. give him a little more and then they give yeah. him a little more and then it just became a thing where Joe seemed like a viable mm-hmm. contender. Yeah. And I and you can see why Brock, evidently from what the dirt sheets say, loves working with Joe. You know, it's like because. Joe's going to bring that passion. He's probably going to lay his punches in. It wouldn't surprise me if, given the given the choice between the two, Brock would much rather work with Joe, who probably lays in his punches a bit more, as opposed to Braun, who might be thinking, this guy's, like, worth millions to the company. I'm not going to give him... He that shit on my career. If yeah, I yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Brock could 
you know, say, hey, you know, what, what are you, you know, fucking rookie? You know, what's your deal? Yeah. Lay into me. We're a couple of big bastards. Make it look yeah, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Brock can take that. Yeah. So um, I think Brock likes that. So I don't know, but I don't know. Brock was good. He gave Braun a lot of respect. I mean, it was sort of just a different thing. Like with Joe, it was like a vicious fight. With Braun, it was like a lot of heavy lifting. You yeah, know? Like, man, overpowered. Yeah, it was the overpowered thing, which is kind of an interesting angle to take with it. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see what happens on Raw tomorrow. See if uh, Brock is done with it. I mean, Brock is, Brock is scheduled for tomorrow, isn't he? I don't think so. Oh, no? I don't okay. think I, I doubt he'll be back till Survivor Series. The lead-up to Survivor Series. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, that's a way. Do you think, was there, wasn't there a rumor of a, another shake-up happening soon? Or was uh, that? Yeah. That rumor sort of came and went like a fart. Because I don't think that... I, yeah, because it was like, I mean, the last one was just a... What was the last one? Was the last one Mania? That was the first one. They did a couple moves after SummerSlam. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's it. That's a recap. We're just, yeah, we're, we're tacking this on. We ran out of space on this card. But we oh, need yeah. to do it. We need to do a wrap-up. Yeah. Um, James, thanks for coming back. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it. Give me the old too sweet. Ah, look at that. My own wife. What was the rule? I get one from you, right? Or you? No. That's okay. Apparently no, not. I thought I did last time. He's upset one. that you don't like the great tights. You know, my wife won't give me a too sweet now. Good for she's, her. She's taking, like, his. Why do you get back on the great tights thing? What about the coup de grace? One of them. Um, there was, like, three. <laughs> there was the standing one. Like, you just did it. That's just standing stomp. Yeah, well, that's a coup de That's a good one. Yeah. And then there was the two. No, three coup de grace. Three, trade de grace. Are you on the three boat now? Yeah, I'm on the three. <laughs> be my I'm on the three island. Nobody's right going to say three. I'm on the island. Nobody's going to say three. When you put two feet on somebody's chest, it's a coup de grace. People in the, well, comments, people people in the comments will say that the definitive answer, if it was one or two, the one in the back of the head counted. I don't think there's going to be three. I don't the think one in the back of the head. Wait. So what? You're, it would be. You're not, saying there's no standing one. I'm saying no, no standing one. Okay. But both from the top rope, yeah. one to the back of the head, one to the body. I thought it was two. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm on three. There's no three. Yeah, that's a losing cause, Steve. Yeah, there's no three. You're a losing cause. Anyways, <laughs> uh, James, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Check out Couch Top. It's, yes. it's great stuff. Yes. Uh, and until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.